With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Well, the final Husker Satellite Camp has come to a close here. We put a close to it here at HuskerOnline.com with one final special edition of our podcast, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus. We are still here in Los Angeles as Nebraska wrapped things up Friday night. We were lucky enough to get to go see the Dodgers and Giants players Saturday before we're going home on Sunday. But, uh, Nate, when, when you look at the week that was – it was a special week. I mean, we've been doing this a long time, and um, there just aren't weeks like what we experience very often. Yeah, of course. There's no way to really reproduce what Nebraska was able to get out of this week, and and will continue to to get out of it for you know not just this recruiting cycle, but for years to come. Really, when you when you take a look at what they were able to accomplish. Uh, you know, going to four different cities in, in the matter of, of five days, seeing close to 800 potential prospects, um, you know, and, and really just I think this is probably a good opportunity for them to continue to grow as a staff and, and kind of become more of a cohesive unit even. So I, I think that uh, the overall great success and we're going to continue to see the fruits of the this labor uh, kind of, uh, bear themselves down the road and the key cog of it all in my opinion Nate it's Mike Riley when when you watch Mike uh, coach Riley at these events and um, just the positive attitude the energy he carries himself with I mean here's a guy that traveled 6,000 miles in a week and Friday night at eight o'clock during the last camp um, he was full of energy I mean he is uh, I think just the way he conducts himself um, and, and just the number of former players and people he's touched, how they all came out this week to meet him, um, just to see that with my own eyes, you know what this guy has meant to a lot of people. And I, I think his demeanor, his attitude, his approach um, is what made this all work this week. He's a special person. There's no doubt about it. Every single city we went to, there were people there who came out just to see Mike Riley. And he's a coach that, that doesn't have an ego. He was he was out there uh, more than happy to talk with everybody that he came in contact with. Uh, you know, if a, if a kid after the camp wanted to take a picture, he was glad to take that picture. He wasn't behind the scenes kind of letting everyone do the work, and he was just kind of there, uh, you know, having his name on, on, a, on a flyer at the satellite camp. He was out there. He was out there coaching. He was out front and center, um, you know, going, you know, uh, you know, being around the prospects. I mean, everything that he did uh, this week kind of, you know, I think solidified, you know, what everyone's heard about him. He's a great guy. He's a great coach and, and every, highly respected by everybody. And here's just some of the former players and different people that came out on the week. You had Matt Moore, an Oregon State quarterback who's now with the Miami Dolphins. He plays for Zach Taylor, who's a former Husker. Uh, Muhammad Berry, a recruit from the 2015 class that – uh, is expected to be in Lincoln. He stopped out and, and visited with Mike Riley this week. Eric Johnson, a former Husker NFL linebacker. Uh, Keith Ellison, a former Oregon State linebacker, stopped out in Atlanta. And Mike Riley said he's one of his all-time favorite people. 
Um, then you had Jeff Quinn, a former Nebraska starting quarterback um, at, from 1980 that stopped out in Dallas. And the, I mean, the list goes on and on. Dave Savela, a former Lincoln Northeast high school head coach who's now in Georgia. Heck, Kirk Benson, a member of the Red Sea Scrolls, who's a Hollywood writer for the new TV show. By the way, they're coming out with a sequel of the TV show Coach, which I love that show growing up in the 80s and the 90s. And Kirk Benson, a Husker, um, who is a member of the Red Sea Scrolls, is the lead writer on the show. He stopped out to satellite camps <laughs> to, to meet Ryke Riley. So uh, you had a little bit of everything. Ernest Williams, the father of Aaron Williams. And uh, it was fun to, just to meet and visit and, and see just everybody from Hollywood writers to, to former Oregon State players. Absolutely. And, and uh, all along the way was Mike Riley out there with a smile on his face. And, you know, as upbeat and, and up-tempo uh, and just happy to be there. Every, everything that he did, it just seemed like he was happy and grateful to be there. It was, it was so, just so much fun to watch and it's such a unique experience. You know, I felt like all the camps had their ups and impressive moments, but uh, the last one just kind of had a special feel, the one at Santa Monica College in Los Angeles, and um, it was the smallest one in numbers. Uh, but the pound for pound, the man for man per capita was maybe the strongest. And I also felt just in general, the staff there, Mike Riley and his guys, they, they felt more in their element. Keith Williams is a West Coast guy. Langstorff's a West Coast guy. Ryan Gunderson, um, Banker, Kavanaugh. A lot of these guys had spent a lot of time out there. And, and you could just see the reputation that they've had from their time and their years on the West Coast. They carry a lot of weight out here. And, and you, like you said, they, they seem to be in their element. They seemed extremely comfortable. And, uh, you know, that, that camp was special. It was the smallest camp, but like you said, the pound for pound, probably the best camp out there. And there's going to be a lot of players uh, to come out of to come out of that camp, not just for 2016, but you know, on down the road, all the way down to, to 2018 prospects. So uh, it was a it was a great way to, week or a great way to cap off the week with that camp. And uh, you know, I think in the future maybe you'd like to see an, you know more than one camp in in California. Um, you know, Nebraska picked up that commitment from Markel Dismuke uh, earlier in the week from California. I think this is going to continue to be you know a very very key state for Nebraska's recruiting uh, down the road. They're in the double digit number now for 2016, and it, it looks like there are a lot of other guys, whether it's Greg Simmons or JoJo Doman. Noah Fant, um, a lot of other players that, that could go at any day. I mean, it's not unrealistic, Nate, that Nebraska could approach 15 commits by the start of fall camp. I fully expect that to be the case. I think there will be over halfway home uh, by the time, you know, the season starts at least. And, and that's, that's exactly where you want to be. You want to you have, you know, over half of your class in the boat before the season starts. And that way you can really, you know, focus on the, the main prospects that are left, getting them on campus for official visits and, you know, continuing to, to try and close that class out. You know, that, that mad rush, that scramble for the, you know, the, the last couple months before signing day, I don't think we're going to see that like we have over the, you know, over the last four or five years uh, under the previous regime. This is, uh, I think they're going to have everything laid out very well, um, you know, heading into, into the, you know, the home stretch of the recruiting season. One position right now they don't have to worry about is quarterback. Uh, they have two very good ones. And it's funny, when you go back and, and look at Terry Wilson – 
and Patrick O'Brien, um, particularly kind of fan reaction, they take Terry Wilson. A lot of people are kind of like, huh? And they take Patrick O'Brien and they're like, oh, you know, this is kind of a fallback type option. Well, here we are two, three weeks later when all that happened. And now Terry Wilson has an Oregon offer and he's a hot name. He runs a four, five, three, forty at Nebraska's camp here in Dallas with um, Houston Baptist. And then Patrick O'Brien went from a low three star with no major Pac-12 offers. He had some lower tier stuff to now an elite 11 quarterback who will probably be a four star with rivals. And I think that's Mike Riley in a nutshell, his evaluations of quarterbacks uh, over the years um, is, is as good as anybody in the country. You can't question it. He, you look at his track record, and he's produced quarterbacks, and he's a, evaluated quarterbacks probably arguably better than, than any other coach out there because he's taken guys who, who didn't really have anything and turned them into, into great players. So, you know, and I think there was some frustration from Husker fans, you know, wondering how Nebraska, you know, closing out that 2015 class, not getting a quarterback, wondering, okay, when are we going to see, you know, Mike Riley's poll with quarterbacks happen? When are we going to see Danny Langsdorf's poll with quarterbacks kind of happen? Well, the beginning of the evaluation period, they, they narrowed things down to, to Terry Wilson and Patrick O'Brien. And like you said, they've both completely come full circle from relatively unknowns uh, or lightly recruited players to, to premier quarterbacks. And after seeing those guys in person, uh, there's no question that, that I think that that position is going to be a, a definite strength going forward. It's as good of a duel of quarterbacks in a class since Crouch Newcomb. I mean, there haven't been this highly touted of a pair. I mean, Nebraska had Jamal Turner and was Bubba Starling in the same class, uh, but that never materialized. Yeah, so, never I mean, it, it can't really, it doesn't really matter. Can't really go there. But mm -hmm. on paper, that looked good, yeah. guys like that. Uh, but this is, you know, a legitimate duo. And it was funny. Somebody said to me at one of the camps, if I'm a guy that recruits quarterbacks at the Division One level, I'm just going to look at what Mike Riley does, and I'm going to follow up on that. And um, he's not too far off base. I, <laughs> I, I think people look at what they've done because you look at Sean Mannion and Matt Moore and a lot of the quarterbacks they've had at Oregon State, and uh, they're still throwing the football in the National Football League. Yeah, and, and – you're right. There's, I, I don't think that's a some type of new concept is, in terms of you know looking at what Mike Riley does and kind of following suit. We see it all the time, not just with quarterbacks, but I mean, there's a handful of schools out there that that coincidentally offer uh, a player you know shortly after Nebraska does, and and uh, you know I I don't think that is a coincidence. I, I think there's something to that, especially with the quarterbacks. Um, you know, being the first school to offer, you know, Patrick O'Brien and seeing now that he's going to be an Elite 11 finalist and one of the, you know, maybe one of the top quarterbacks on the West Coast and, and one of the, you know, top quarterbacks in the entire country. Um, I mean, that right there is is Mike Riley in a nutshell in, in terms of uh, recruiting quarterbacks. There's, there's just a better plan in place. I feel like in the previous four or five years, if they the old staff missed on their top guys – the plan B wasn't very strong, and we saw that last year when, when they missed out on their top guys and they, they took a guy, a quarterback, that I know you questioned from the get-go um, that is now at North Texas who's going to play tight end. Tight end, yeah. And, you know, they let a guy like Joe Burrow go who would have been here in a New York minute. Um, and, you know, that, that's just not going to happen with the staff. They are not going to botch the plan, you know, not plan B, 
but you you know your next option and and they're not only going to find their next option options they're going to make sure it's a good option that's right you know and recruiting is a, is a numbers game to a certain degree you have to have depth on your recruiting board you can have your top targets the guys that you've offered but you you have to have players to plug in you know once those once or once your top targets start to fall off the board, you have to have guys that that you are right on the cusp of offering, and and you know that you know, can play there at Nebraska, and uh, you know that you're you're confident in, or that you just want to see a little bit more in, um, and uh, you can move those guys up the board. And I think that's what we ran into, you know, in years past was once those top targets were gone, there were there was no depth. Um, you know, there were no guys that they could move up the board that they felt confident in. They were starting from square one, you know, and, and a lot of times that happened after the summer or during the season. And, and the research and the knowledge of what they were trying to go was not very, or go after was, was not very strong. No. I mean, they were just gambling and some gambles did pay off, mm-hmm. you know, but a lot of them did it. Well, yeah. And, and, and with recruiting, it's about building relationships and I'm sorry, but you can't build a relationship with a kid you know, in, in only two or three weeks before signing day and, and expect I'm going to give my to, bad example. You can't meet a girl in Vegas and get married in a weekend because yeah. a and few months later, to, you're going to find out a few things you didn't know about. Exactly. Him. And that, that's in recruiting. You can't find a guy in a week and sign him. And you're going to find out, like Nebraska did on a couple of these guys last year, who's that DN from Alabama that they knew for about two days and they took him and he didn't even last. I mean no. – you have to have relationships and know your targets, and and I think that's what's been impressive so far. So it should be fun, uh, Nate. It's been fun uh, being out on the road all week, and kind of makes me flash back to our old days of recruits <laughs> unlimited. And it's been a ninety days in a hotel with you uh, as we went around the country back then. We were in our early twenties, but uh reality kicks back in we're going to be back in lincoln but this was a fun week uh, being out here on the road definitely a fun week and um you know just exciting to to kind of see things firsthand and and kind of follow the staff around and and get to know the staff and how they operate better and and uh of course see all the talent from from coast to coast really it's been great we'll have more coverage on huskeronline.com our video producer greg peterson um, has, I believe, 15 more video interviews that we're going to produce throughout the week, including several interviews with different Nebraska assistant coaches and recruiting targets, more footage of Terry Wilson and Patrick O'Brien. Uh, so make sure you stay on HuskerOnline.com as the satellite coverage is by no means done, even though the camps are over. But uh, we are moving closer and closer to the start of fall camp. Uh, we are about 40 days away from Big Ten Media Days, and that's when things kick off. So signing off here in Los Angeles, this puts a close on Nebraska's 2015 Satellite Camp Tour. Thanks again for joining us this week on HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 